0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, January 12th, 2021. When I was in college, I lived in the same dorm for all 40 years of my college experience Hotchkiss Hall. And in, that, in just two different hallways, there were over 90 guys each year uh, living in that space, uh, going through college together. And over the course of four years, you got to know a lot of those guys really well. And one thing you would see occasionally is a sudden change of behavior in some of these young men. You, you would notice some of them having an extra spring in their step all of a sudden. Some of them, you know, literally whistling a tune for the first time in their life. Uh, Suddenly, there was somebody that wasn't spending all day every day in their room playing computer games. They were out and about. And what was the difference? Well, for many of those young men, it was because they had met someone. In specific... They had met a girl that they were interested in or starting to go on some dates with. And it started to change their perspective. And if you knew them, you you started to understand there's something different. They've been hanging around someone else, someone new. Well, as we look at God's word today, we could see, specifically starting with the disciples, there was a clear difference in their life. They were singing a different tune. Something was different and about them, and it was all because of who they had been with. People looked at them and knew they had been with Jesus. And the question I want to ask you today is, have you been with with Jesus in such a way that when people look at you, they have no other possible way how to explain why you are the way that you are and why you're acting the way that you're acting other than you have a relationship with, with Jesus Christ that is changing your life? Let's look at even that specific phrase as we see it in Acts chapter 4, verses 13 through 22. If you remember yesterday, we looked at how the apostles were arrested after healing a lame man and preaching in the name of Jesus. They were arrested by the authorities and asked, you know, in what name and what authority are you doing these things? And they said, we're doing it in the name of Jesus. And there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. They were boldly preaching the gospel even as they were arrested. And verse 3 then tells us of the conclusion that people started to draw. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus right? Here are the educated, the elite religious leaders of the day. And here are these uneducated, common fishermen. And they're telling the religious leaders, what's what? What in the world could possibly explain that they had been with Jesus, that they had been with the risen Christ, that they knew who he was. And therefore they were unafraid and unashamed to speak of his name. Have you been with Jesus? Have you experienced a relationship with the the risen Christ that will change your life and that will be obvious, that will be unmistakable to the people around you? And you see, they're so bold and really the the power of the Holy Spirit through healing this lame man is so obvious that the religious leaders don't know what to do. They kind of give an empty threat telling them to stop. But look at what they say later on, Peter and John in verse 19. It says, but Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Yeah, and so they, they they say, no, we can't help but speak of what we've seen. Is that also the way that you feel? I can't help but but talk about Jesus, but show him with my life. This is what I want us to think As we dig into God's word together today and we'll see more kind of of this concept as we go now to Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 through 26. And here we continue on with the sermon on the mount and we immediately encounter some very familiar words starting in verse 13 where it says you are the salt of the earth they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. So we see here, Christians should stand out. This difference that Christ makes in our life should uh, be obvious, like salt, right? You think of salt as, as a seasoning, right? It's it's adding something to what you're you're, you're eating. It's, it's noticeable. It's obvious. It's also preservative. Or you think about lights, like a city on a hill. Christians are meant to be different. Christians are meant to to shine a light, to be salt, to to be obvious that there is something different about our lives because we have been with Jesus. And that should show itself in our words, in a bold willingness to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, but it should also show itself in our actions. It should show itself in our actions. And you see there in verses 19 through 20, he even challenges them you have to be more righteous than the Pharisees and Sadducees. And the, the point of that isn't just a catch 22. Uh, oh, yeah, you can't be more righteous than than them. Uh, no, I think, remember, Jesus doesn't think that the Pharisees and the Sadducees are actually righteous people. He thinks they're phony. He thinks they're fake. And he is saying, hey, if, if you want to get to heaven, you need a real righteousness, not a phony one and i think from the beatitudes it's clear that real righteousness is only going to come from a humility that realizes we don't have it and really it has to that righteousness is going to be given to us by god but that righteousness will not be a phony righteousness it will be a genuine righteousness that goes from the inside out and that's really what we're going to get into as he, as he goes on in the Sermon on the Mount, starting in verse 21, we're going to see many phrases like this, where Jesus says, you have heard it said, but I say to you, and it starts with, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. But then he's going to say, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. So he's saying, okay, the external command is don't murder. And, and Jesus is affirming that. But he's saying, no, it should, our righteousness should be more than just external. It should be from the inside out. So not only should you not murder someone, you should not be angry with someone. And if Christians really are being transformed by a relationship with the risen Christ, they're, they're going to experience this righteousness from the inside out. And if we really live this out, it will be unmistakable to the world around us. We should be salt we should be light. And so let's even take some time to look at one of these first ways that Jesus really points out specifically about our behavior, that it should be different. And that is with anger. What's going on in your heart? What are the situations where you were tempted by anger or where you lose your temper or people that you are tempted to, if it's not an explosion of anger, it's the it's the cold, bitter, icy um, feeling in your heart towards other people and a hardening in your heart towards other people. Jesus is really warning us against that and pretty urgently, even saying, hey, if you're at the altar and you remember you've got a problem with your brother, leave your sacrifice there and go, that there is an urgency to live in unity and to make things right. So is there a problem you have in a relationship? You need to work to to deal with that. You know, even we think of the scriptures where it warns us to not let the sun go down on our anger. Especially if you're listening to this and you're married. That's one verse I would urgently uh, counsel you to apply to your marriage. Never go to bed angry, right? People joke in our culture about, oh, I said this, so now I'm going to be sleeping on the couch. Don't joke about that kind of stuff. No, we shouldn't be going to bed angry. We should resolve that. And there might be plenty of other relationships in your lives as you're listening to this, where you think of any hey, problems that that are there. And no, we, we should not settle for, well, I'm not going to kill the person. We should really seek unity and we should not hold on to anger or bitterness in our hearts. This is a direct warning from Jesus Christ on this topic. And if we want to be the kind of people who have obviously been with Jesus, it has to start from the inside out, even when we look at something like anger. And next, let's go to Psalm 7 and look at the rest of the Psalm, verses 6 through 17. Psalm 7, 6 through 17. And again, we see more of him calling out to God as a judge. Verse 11 is an interesting verse. God is a righteous judge, a God who feels indignation every day. So those that think God's up just in heaven, chilling out, and he's, you know, the Bible makes clear he is love, but God is also every day feeling indignation. He is upset about the evil that is in the world. And so again, we see what does the psalmist do with his concern about evil in this world? He brings it up to God. He prays about it. He seeks God's face. But again, one thing I want us to notice as he continually does this, he also Asks God to search him. And he's really pursuing his own integrity. Look in verse 8, it says, The Lord judges the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to the integrity that is in me. O let the evil of the wicked come to an end. And may you establish the righteous, you who test the minds and hearts, O righteous God. My shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. So it's impossible for David to be praying these prayers without pursuing righteousness himself, that he is seeking God and he is seeking to be an upright person and asking God to to work in his own heart and not just asking God to condemn the things that he doesn't like. And so that's a good reminder for us to one, call out to God about the concerns that we have in the world, but also for us to be sure and to be careful that we are seeking God, that we are seeking his righteousness, that we are seeking to be upright. We should earnestly desire these things. And what incredible timely warnings for all of us. There has never been a time where I think it's more needed for salt and light in this world. There's never been a time like now where the name of Jesus needs to be known, but it has to start from the inside out with us. And even when we might be more concerned about wickedness in our world than we ever have been in our lives, we need to realize, God, I want to first and foremost, make sure that I am doing what's right, that I am following you. And so may we take time even as we pray and we lift up our country or we lift up things going on in our lives or different things that concern us. May a part of that prayer be, God, help me to be the righteous, upright person that you want me to be. And then God, save me according to that integrity. These should be things that we're praying. Finally, we look at Genesis chapter 25 and 26. Genesis chapters 25 and 26. And in chapter 25, we see kind of the end of the life of Abraham, an amazing story of faith. But then we quickly get to the next chapter. We read of then Isaac and the birth of his sons, his twin sons, Esau and Jacob. But we see a lot more about Isaac in chapter 26. And that's what stood out to me and what I want to share the most today on the podcast. But we see God promising To Isaac in reiterating the promises that he made to his father Abraham, and it's it's interesting because then all of that is tested instantly. As we go through, we see this happens in the midst of a famine, and I want to see God's power in in his promises and God's ability to protect us and our need to trust God in his promises and not try to manipulate the system or scheme and try to figure things out ourselves. So we see in the midst of this famine, Isaac, he, he pulls the same move that his dad, Abraham did, where he kind of goes to a foreign place and lies about the, the identity of his wife and tells her to say, Hey, tell everybody that this is my sister. But we see in all that, despite his deception, God protects him. And even we see that God keeps the people away. And God even, you know, through this circumstance of Abimelech seeing Isaac and Rebekah together, that he realizes this and he realized that they were kept from doing something wrong. So despite Isaac's foolishness, God is sovereign and protects him. And also remember the context for this chapter is famine right? But in the midst of famine, look at what it says in verse 12. It says, And Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him. So even though famine is going on, God is able to provide for him. And then there's this dispute later in the chapter between, um, between, Isaac, and between some of the Philistine people and Abimelech's people, and it's a dispute about water. But look, God ultimately provides for him there. God provides water for him. So in the midst of all of this, God makes a promise. And even though Isaac is not perfect in his faith, and Isaac kind of schemes and tries to figure it out himself, God providentially provides for him. And that be a good lesson for us today, that we can trust the promises of God, and we don't always need to scheme or try to figure it all out ourselves. We can trust that even sometimes despite our foolishness, God will be there, God will protect, and God will provide. So let's make sure our focus is on Him. And I hope even as we literally just commit to spending time with God and with Christ, that it is obvious to the world around us that we have been with Jesus. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.